Numbers chapter 6. <clears throat> From verses number 1 to 12, just follow with your eyes. I will read this. And we have so many verses right after here and see what the Lord will do to us with regards to um, His goal for our separation. Um, Numbers chapter 6, I will read from verse number 1 to verse number 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord. He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink, and shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of um, strong drink, neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dried. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree from the kernels, even to the husk. All the days of the vow of his separation there shall no razor uh, come upon his head until the days be fulfilled <coughs> in the which he separated himself unto the Lord. He shall be holy and shall let the locks uh, of the hair of his head grow. All the days um, that he separated himself unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. He shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother or for his brother or for his sister when they die. Because the consecration of his God is upon his head. All the days of his separation he is holy unto the Lord. And if any man die very suddenly by him, and he hath defiled the, the head of his consecration, then he shall shave his head in the day of his cleansing. <clears throat> on the seventh day shall he shave it. And on the eighth day he shall bring two tur turtles, uh, or two young pigeons to the priest, to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall offer the one for sin offering and the other for burnt offering and make an atonement for him, for that he sinned by the dead and shall hallow his head that same day. And he shall consecrate unto the Lord the, day, um, the days of his separation and shall bring a lamb of the first year for a trespass offering. But the days that were before shall be lost, because his separation was defiled. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you once again for bringing us together. Thank you, Lord, for um, allowing us to come, because, Lord, uh, that is <clears throat> the joy that we have in our hearts, that we can come together to worship you as a church. And, Lord, that you have given us this day to worship you, I pray that this day will be a blessing to all of us. I pray, O oh God, that your name will be exalted once again. That, uh, Lord, as we sing praises unto you, as we uh, give you the praise and the honor, Lord, that you will accept it from our, from our hand and from our mouth, from our heart, that, Lord, we uh, offer thanks unto you. Uh, accept, Lord, all the sacrifices of your people. Accept whatever we have given to you, whatever things, Lord, that we have sacrificed. I pray that you will hallow it and that, Lord, uh, you will be pleased by it. And continue, Lord, to provide them their needs. Bless all your people this morning. And thank you for this passage of scripture. And help me also as I deliver your word to your people. And I pray, O oh God, that um, you will cleanse me and you will touch my, my mouth and my lips. That, Lord, um, I have um, become your clean vessel ready for your use. And that, Lord, uh, your word will 
proceed out of my mouth, not coming from me, but from the Holy Spirit of God. And help us, Lord, to uh, understand it. We thank you, Lord, once again for your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I forgot to uh, announce also this morning, we have our, uh, not a visitor, but uh, a, a new member of our church, Balizi. Uh, you know Balizi? Who knows Balizi? Balizi <laughs> uh, is uh, uh, the, the newborn baby. So, Brother Paul and Sister Tina, um, again, are blessed by the Lord for another um, addition to the family, Balizi. So I haven't seen her face yet, and uh, I will find time later on and, uh, to, to cuddle the baby. And also, uh, we can, you know, uh, maybe later on we will we'll see if we can dedicate the baby. Well, the baby is here. This is her first time in church ever. <laughs> first time in church. My, my, my children, um, Sam, um, when she was born, the first Sunday in her life, she was in church. Polly, the first time, you know, when she was born, the first time, the first Sunday in her life, she was in church. Anika also um, uh, was born, and then the first Sunday in, in her life, she was in church. And Nehemiah, the third Sunday, <laughs> he was in church. I think Nehemiah is a bit backslider. You know? <laughs> It's because you know, he was a blue baby. Uh, he was he was in ICU for for many uh, many days, so he was not able to get to church um, because the doctor, you know, uh, wanted to keep him there. But we praise the Lord for children. We thank the Lord. Children are her the heritage of the Lord. They are a blessing. Children are really a blessing to uh, to the church and to the families. And I, I appreciate that. And our families, uh, when they have children, I really appreciate that and I encourage uh, families to have more children because um, that's a blessing from, from God. Alright, so back to our call to separation. And again, no, no, I, I, I see Brother Ram. I cannot proceed further without letting you know that Brother Ram will be leaving um, back to Philippines Thursday. Please pray for Brother Ram. Uh, he's going to face them um, very tough days ahead of him with his dad being um, stage 4 cancer of the pancreas. And it's a sad thing, but again, we have a God that is, that, that is very reliable. We have our God. He, he has proven his track record of helping. So we will, we will just entrust it unto the Lord. So please pray for Brother Ram and Sister April because uh, only Brother Ram will, will go. And, and April maybe um, will follow, um, depends on the situation of the visa. Alright, so please pr pray for Brother Ram. What's the name of your dad, uh, Win Winfredo? Winfredo, yeah, Winfredo. Mention uh, Brother Winfredo Tanghal in your prayer so that uh, many of us can pray for the family while they are going to face their, the, you know, uh, the situation in the Philippines. Alright? Again, we are here in Numbers chapter 6. So we have not touched this uh, passage uh, uh, often, but again we see this um, passage of scripture that we have read that there are many people that are purposely, purposely uh, separated themselves, dedicated themselves unto the Lord. And, and again, 
and they separated themselves from all these things pleasurable to some, pleasurable to many, like wine and strong drink. And again here, even farther, even vinegar, uh, strong vinegar from grapes, dried grapes. And aside from that, they are not allowed to do some haircut. They are not, they are not, you know, cutting their hair because they have the bow. They have that Nazarite uh, bow. They are not allowed to touch the dead bodies, even family members. They are not going to touch the dead body uh, and many other things there. So this is what God calls a bow of a Nazarite. That is mentioned in verse number two in our text. So we see here that uh, the Lord is the Lord is separating His people uh, to do His service, and in chapter um, the place is really cold. <laughs> my uh, my hands are really cold again. <clears throat> again, um, we have to understand that um, here in chapter six, God lays down all these instructions and all these um, guidelines about how <clears throat> to do the Nazarite vow. There is an order to that. There is a, a strict um, uh, regimen uh, of how to do this vow. So here, they are told of what not to do and what to do being a Nazarite. But again, um, this, is, this is not the only way that the Lord called His people to sanctification, called His people to separation. There are many, many occasions in the Bible that God called His people to separate themselves because God, the God that you're serving is a holy God. So be, be separate. Now, one, one instance of that is back in Exodus chapter 19. In Exodus chapter 19, you will find God had a solemn conv convocation with Israel. He called his people to assemble together near the mount. And while they were there near the mount, in fact, right there, God said, not one should touch the, 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 you know, the, the foot of the mount. Uh, stay away from there. Not, not, not any person, male or female, cannot touch there, cannot come near there. And not, not even animals, not even cows, carabaos, whatever. Anything that will touch the, the foot of the mount will be put to death. That's very strict because God, you know, uh, is going to show himself there. So God is very holy. He doesn't want anyone to touch him. So now there, um, in, in, in that occasion, the Lord called these people for a holy convocation before them. And then he chose these people, Israel. He said to them, I have chosen you. I have chosen you to be my people. You are a special people to me. You are a peculiar treasure to me. A peculiar people. And that is in verse number 5 uh, in, in Exodus chapter 19. And in uh, verse number 6, you will find that uh, the reason why they need to be holy, because God himself is holy. So he wants these people to be holy. Verse number 5, it says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and, and holy nation. He wants all his people to be holy. 
He wants all these people to be like Him. Be therefore holy because I am the Lord your God is holy. Be therefore perfect because I am perfect. So God wants us to be like Him. And in other times in the Bible also, God is calling other, uh, in other times people to be separated upon Him. And in that, in that, you can find in Romans chapter chapter 12, um, verse number 1, that the Lord wants His people to present their bodies as living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and perfect will of God. And again, in, in 1 Peter, God is calling people to be holy. 1 Peter chapter, chapter 1, verse 14. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 14. The Bible says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Now, these are the situations there uh, when God is calling people for separation. Today, today, the same, the Word of God calls all of us, not just selected few, not just, you know, a um, few members of, of our church or, or, or a Christendom, but today the Word of God calls all of us to be sick. Uh, separated from this world. God yep. told us to be separa uh, separated people. Yep. He, he doesn't want us to be mingled with the rest of the population. He doesn't want us to be mingled. Whatever they're doing, it should not be our activities too. Whenever Sunday comes, they, they, they will flock into the malls and the beaches and they go places and they go fishing. They go other activities, sports activities, rugby, cricket. They will do whatever things. No God in there. God is not part of their lives. But not us as Christians. All of us as believers. God wants us, you know, to do these things. And to, to hallow uh, a day that wherein we can worship God. To honor Him in our lives. And coming to church is one way. And, and living our life every single day for Him is another. And you can see, if they go back, I mean, go to... Second um, Corinthians, Second Corinthians, <clears throat> chapter, chapter six. This is a very common verse for um, when God is calling for separation. Apostle Paul used by God to write this, and uh, and, and we have this a beautiful um, verse here, but it's a very, uh, very dreadful, um, very um, serious. Uh, call for separation and God has a reason to that. Second Corinthians chapter six. Uh, this is Romans. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter six verses. I will start verse number fourteen. The Bible says, "Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness?" And what communion had light with darkness? And what concord had Christ with Belial? Or what part had he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? 
for you are the temple of the living God. <clears throat> As God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not that unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And I'll jump to chapter 7, chapter seven verse number 1. It says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse our, ourselves from all filthiness, of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. God is calling for separation, not just for those people who have Nazarite vow, not just for people who are called Levites, and not just people who are who are part of the seed of Israel, but rather He is calling for all believers to be holy, separated, sanctified for His word. That is why uh, we come Sundays. But that just we come Sundays and that is the time that we, 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 we you know, pretend to be holy. No, our holiness is not by pretension. Holiness must be the, the, the light in itself. Our life is based on the holiness of God. It should be a life that is acceptable to God from, from you know, a Sunday morning all the way to the next Sunday morning. And all the time and moments in between. The Lord is calling us for separation. And we have to understand that, you know, uh, here in the Bible, separation is always presented in twofold experience. That means you are, you are separated from the world and you are separated to the Lord. It's not just you separate themselves from the world, you go into the mountains and then you, you perform yoga there and then being quiet and separated from the world. No, that is not the way. Because once you are God is, you know, um, commanding you to, to, to be separated from the world. But not just to separate from the world, but to be separated, to be separate to the Lord. You should come to the Lord to serve Him when you are called for separation. And you see here in um, th that word separation is very clear in chapter, go back to our text in uh, um, Numbers chapter 6. It's very clear there that God is calling for separation in verse number 2. Verse number 3, He shall separate Himself from wine and strong drink and shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes or eat moist grapes or dry but you see that is what he is going to be separated from but he is also going to be separated to the Lord in verse number I think it is in verse number um Verse number 2, it says, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord. So there are two ways, there are two, there are, um, two, two full experiences in separation. Separation from the world to the Lord. 
do not stay there um, you know being being isolated is separation is not isolation because once we are separated for the Lord separated from the world we are doing service to the Lord so that is what God is showing his people and again again by being separated or separated life we are to be separated from all that is contrary contrary to God's will and separated to God himself for his use for his glory for his purposes and for his work and for his word and for him for his creation he wants us to be part of that he wants us to be part of his work this morning let us consider several things about this separation let us consider what um, separation involves Number one, God meant this call of separation to involve personal volition. This involves personal volition. Why? Because it is the Lord who calls. You have to understand that this call is not just man-made call. It is coming from heaven and God wants this um, spoken to man and then these people will just respond. Verse number two again, I will give this a good read. Uh, and it's very important for us to see this. Verse number two. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to bow a bow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord, he shall separate himself from wine or, and strong drink, and shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink. <coughs> Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dry. Sometimes we feel that, you know, as Christians, um, we, we feel that we, we must not do certain things. And we must not go certain places. Why we, why we don't go certain places? And why we don't do certain things? Because other Christians are saying that that is wrong. My friend, do not so much rely on that. Because other Christians are saying this is wrong. Other Christians are saying that that is not right. We need to see that it is God to whom we are responsible in all these matters of spirituality. We have to base our base our conviction not upon what other people think. Yeah. Oh, we don't drink alcohol because you know uh, brother so and so uh, doesn't like it. No. The authority from that is coming from the Word of God. That is the basis of our authority, not the words of men, not the words of the pastor, not the words of anyone, but from God. You see, when our church will say, don't drink alcohol, when our church will say, don't gamble, don't go to bikini bars, don't go to places. My friend, when, when our church will say that, of course, you have to take it from the Bible. But of course, our church will say that because we are we are the, 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 the ground and the pillar of truth. We are the ones that will proclaim the truth. Why we say that? Because that is to protect the people. The church will always, you know, go against the, the, the alcohol drinking, gambling, and, and all those um, things that can defile themselves. Because that is what God wants the church to do. 
to proclaim the truth so that the people can be protected. Each person that will enter our church, there is a spiritual protection upon them. The spiritual protection is that they can avoid the pitfalls in the future. They can avoid all these things and take this away from their lives because that is coming from God. That is the way God wants them to live because God's ways, you know, will save them. Save them from trouble in the future. Save them from, from unnecessary problems. Some people will, 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 call, will, will experience unnecessary problems because no one instructed them. But if they come to church sometimes, they can find that they have, they have uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, certain things that they need to do, but they do not know that the end of that is not going to be good to them, and no one can tell them. But if they come to church, they will discover from the Word of God. They will discover from the Word of God that God has already, He has given instruction of how to act in such an occasion. You see, the Lord calls us to separate from all that is displeasing to Him and to dedicate ourselves to Him so that we are available for His work, for His service. You, you cannot be available. If you are drunk, God cannot use you. So we need in your drunk, you cannot be used by God. You just come out from a, a gambling house and then you go so winning, you cannot be used by God. Because God will not use dirty dishes. He will only use uh, clean visas ready to be used by the master's hand. And that is what we are here. We are cleansed. And the word of God will cleanse us in our, will change our minds on things. We can set our affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Because God is preparing, you know, uh, preparing us in the church. When we, when we stay in the church for a while and listen to the word of God, and then when we get out, we are ready to use what God has given to us. Because the word of God can be our weapon. The word of God is our sword of the spirit. And then this is what we can use to, you know, to, to snatch people and to attack, you know, the gates of hell. So that people behind that bar, behind that fence, can be taken out of that gate of hell. When we go out there so winning, those people are in the grips of Satan. But the gates of hell cannot prevail when the gospel is preached unto them and they will be taken out from them. Each one of us came from there. Each one of us came from that gate. And one day that the gospel was preached unto us and we responded to that gospel. And we invited the Lord Jesus Christ to come into our lives. When we, when we did, we are saved. We are taken out. Yeah. That gate of hell cannot prevail. Yeah. It cannot stop. It cannot stop. That is why we are separated for the work of the Lord. But God will only use clean diesel. He will only use, you know, people who are ready for His work to be done in the lives of the people. You see... But again, if we have problems about this, uh, I don't like that standard, I don't like that drinking, you know, prohibition, oh, why, why, this church is okay, you know. I remember before, um, we came in here, we stuck outside, and you can smell the smoke there so strong. Why? Because the other people, before going to church, they have to smoke outside, and they don't go smoke inside. They only smoke outside. My friend, we don't allow that. Even in our homes, we discourage anything like that. 
we discourage that we only come holy inside this, you know, four corners of our church and then outside we, we live a riotous living. That is not, you know, the, the purpose why God has saved us. God has saved us and God wants us to work in our lives for we are His workmanship again, created by Christ for good works. So again, if you have a problem about this, our problem is not really with the preacher. Our problem is not with the pastor or the one who preached this uh, truth or, or, or the church in general or any Christian members of our church. The problem is you are going to face that against the Lord because that is coming from His Word. And that is what God wants to be spoken to go against all these things because these things can, can hamper or can, can maybe derail your walk with God. So we discourage all ungodliness, we discourage all um, uh, and, you know, filthiness in our daily walk with God because God wants to use clean vessels. And again, it is God who called us and it is, it is a call for both men and women. This is not just for all the males or this is not just for all, um, you know, I know, uh, 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 but for all of us. Men and women. Go back. We will use Numbers chapter 6, verse number 2. We will use this as a, you know, a basis here that really the, the vow, a vow of a Nazarite is not just for men. It is also for women. Again, verse number 2, Numbers chapter 6. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord. Again, this sounds strange. And, 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 but the Lord underlines something in verse number 2. He has something there that He wants us to learn. He wants us to know. That the Lord calls either man or woman. And His call for both may sound the same, but it is for two different spheres. Or two different or respective callings. Because the calling for the man is different. The calling for the woman is different. But both are called. Both of them are called. He calls for men and women who will each in their separate spheres or respective life. They have to live lives that are separated from all that is contrary to God's will. Contrary to God's laws. He is calling his people to, you know, just follow God's instruction. He wants men who will, have, who will lead separated lives as loving husbands, loving their children, and, and, and being fathers to their children, and, and work the work of their hands, and work the work in the industry, in commerce, in their professional life, and everywhere. And on top of that, attending the things that God wants him to do. The same thing is true with the women. The women also... God wants them to lead separating lives in their respective area. Whether if they, are, they have to go to work, then it's that's fine. And if they have to stay home supporting their husbands, that is also fine. Both are noble and both are acceptable to the Lord. And in many, uh, in, in all occasions, they have to care for their family. In all occasions, they have to serve the Lord also. That is what God wants in women. Men and women are both called a little bit different roles here and a little bit different roles.
clothes for, for women and men, but both are cold. Another thing that we can find in this calling of God is that this calling is voluntary. This is voluntary. Separation here is presented to us as a voluntary manner. This is like a, um, this is like a, a, a things to be done by volition. Notice here again, chapter 6 of the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 6, verse number 2. Verse number 2, it says, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of Nazarite, to separate themselves, God repeated the, 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 the words twice, separate themselves. It seems like here, uh, there is no op option. Although we know that God does not force anyone. God does not force anyone to separate themselves. But what God does, in, 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 especially in the, in the book of Romans chapter 12, God is um, appealing to every believer. He appeals to each one of us and He commands us to be separated. He commands us to be separated Christians. Then leads us to make uh, whatever response we are going to respond to His call. And He allows us to do our own call. How are we going to respond? It's up to us. But notice again that this whole matter of separation from the world and to the Lord, this whole thing is brought before us and again known before us in the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1 and 2. Let's notice this again. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren. The word beseech is begging, asking, pleading. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God, my friend, meant this call to involve personal volition. When you are, when we are called for separation, this is volitional. This is our own response. And God will not drag you, you know. The Lord does not drag you to accept Him. The preacher perhaps may, may beg. The preacher maybe will, will ask you to consider, you know, the offer of salvation of Jesus Christ. But it's really up to the person to receive Christ. The saying that says, you can take the horse to the river, but you cannot force the horse to drink. The same thing is true with every individual. You need to understand that our salvation is given to us by God, but it depends on your acceptance. It depends on your response. Because God meant this call of separation to involve personal relation. Number two, number two. God meant this call 
to involve soul sanctification, cleanliness. This involves sanctified living. In the case here of a Nazarite uh, person, there are three things in particular were forbidden from him. Three things in particular. Number one, strong drink is a no-no if you have a Nazarite bath. No strong drink, no cutting or shaving the hair. Let it grow. And I'm not encouraging, you know, for the boys to have no hair. But that is if you have a Nazarite bow. If you have a bow of a Nazarite, um, then you can go ahead if you want that. And also, no contact with the dead bodies. No contact with dead bodies. Only for those who have bow of a Nazarite. But again, looking at this, this thing here that, you know, uh, restricted that the Nazarite person, I mean, the person that has a vow of Nazarite was restricted to do all these uh, several um, uh, things that we saw. But again, there is a much wider application to this truth. There is much wider application to us as Christians today because, again, the Lord has given us this whole book, this whole Bible to be our guide to avoid things that displease the Lord is all from here in this book. And God wants us to understand that again, um, this word of God is containing the commandments of God that if there is any doubt in our mind and we do not understand what to do, when I look at things, oops, um, I'm not sure about this. So I go to the word of God and see what God has to say about this. And then consider what God has said. And then search the, the parallel, uh, you know, scripture that speaks of the same uh, aspect. And, and consider it, meditate upon it, and then make my decision based on what I understood from the Word of God. Again, my friend, we have this whole book. If we are in doubt whether, whether uh, this is right or wrong, or we do not know what, what to do, then again, we can honestly come to the Word of God and seek answer from the Lord Himself. Coming from the mind of God, the Bible is coming from the mind of God. So therefore, this is, you know, you, you, are, you are in better hands. And we can be sure that the Lord will give us clear uh, direction and guidance in the matter that we are seeking from Him. And again, this involves sanctified living. And not just sanctified living, it also involves sacrificial living. Sacrificial living. If you, again, um, take the context there, in the life of those people who have the vow of Nazarite, you can see there, they are very close to self-denial. They are practicing self-denial every single day. Self-denial. Notice here, they are not allowed to to eat the fruit or drink the, the, the fruit of the vine. And to some, it's very sweet and nice. And I think our body needs it sometimes and we feel like we need it. We feel strong, we feel good if we have uh, drunk, you know, uh, fresh grape juice or we eat um, grapes. It's okay. But to them, they are not allowed. Maybe it's okay to their body, but they have a vow. That's a problem. They have a vow pertaining to that matter. So the fruit of the vine might be very sweet to his 
says, but he must not touch it. He must not take it because and for the for the sake of his vow. Another thing, the self-denial there is in the aspect of his family. Supposing family members will pass on and then he cannot help there, he cannot touch the body. Even if his mother or father or brother or sister died, he must not go near the dead bodies. Because that is going to be that is going to be a breach of that vow of a Nazarite. What will happen if you have started the Nazarite vow and then it happens that someone died and then there's no one else can can do something to properly uh, um, do something for the burial or whatever and you have to touch it, then that's okay. You do that, you breach the Nazarite vow, but you have to cut the shave your head. Shave your hair, all the hairs of your body, shave it off. And then um, you have to again uh, cleanse. And that is according to the, the vow of a, of a Nazarite. But here you, you, will, you will see that uh, a lot of self-sacrifice, a lot of self-denial for all these people that wanted to serve the Lord. And all these things, they could not even cut their hair. But all these things, my friend, they are, these are symbolic. These are, these are typical and indicative of a real, real self-denial. Willingness to follow God's laws and His command and His direction, even to the things in the things that are that are uh, contrary to the flesh, things that are contrary to natural appetite, you crave for it, but you cannot because you have a vow. Just for the sake of the Lord, you you know put that off. That is a sacrifice acceptable to the Lord. And again, there are there are things that you would not do. And there are also things that, you know, God will want you to do. So all based there on what God wants you to do and based there on what God wants you not to do. For the sake of your fellowship with God, for the sake of your relationship with Him, because of that vow. And the person will consider the vow more important than his appetite more important than his fleshly pleasure. You see, Joseph, if you remember the story of Joseph the dreamer, Joseph the son of Jacob who was sold to Egypt and, and, and stayed there in, and worked for Potiphar, uh, no, yeah, Potiphar, the captain of the guard of Egypt. That means captain of the guard, equivalent to a general. He's, he's the one in charge of all the army. So he's a big guy. Potiphar became very rich because of um, Joseph. But the wife of Potiphar cast her eyes on Joseph because Joseph was young and strong and very, uh, a, you know, a goodly person and nice to talk to. And uh, you, can, you, can, you can see that, that this is very, um, very um, pleasing person. Very, very pleasing. So Potiphar's wife cast her eyes on Joseph. In that moment, Joseph faced the temptation that left Joseph with two choices. Two choices only. Take the offer of the of Potiphar's wife and just satisfy her and then leave it. 
But doing that will also, you know, breach his relationship with God. Because God doesn't want that kind of act that is sinful in the sight of God. So Joseph faced the temptation that led him with two choices. Refuse, but again, refusal entails outright jail terms. You will go to jail right there. Or share the sinful act with Putiphar's wife and sin against God and hoping that later on will not be found out. But Joseph made a decision. Notice Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. This is the story there. Verse number 5. Genesis chapter 9, verse number 35. Verse number 5. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not all he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wanted not what is with me in the house, and he had not. He had committed all that he had to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither had he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? My friend, Joseph right there chose outright jail. He chose imprisonment than committing displeasure against God pay later. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want to, to breach his relationship with God. That is sanctification. Joseph was in a strange land, away from his loved ones and family, but he wasn't away from God. He was still with the Lord. God meant this call of separation to be with, involved with personal volition with soul sanctification. And lastly, God meant this call to involve divine possession. God owns us. God is the rightful owner of our time, of our talent, of our treasure. Whatever you have right now that you call your own, it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. God meant this call to involve that divine possession. Again, go back to Numbers chapter 6, verse number 3 this time. He shall separate himself from the wine and strong drink, and shall drink no vinegar of wine uh, or vinegar of strong drink. Neither shall he drink liquor, any grapes, uh, any liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dry. Now, notice, jump to verse number 8. Verse number 8. All the days of his separation, he is holy unto the Lord. Now, when you compare these verses, you can see that um, this separation is not really isolation. Because, again, in, in, in Psalm chapter 4, Psalm chapter 4, verse number 3, But know that the Lord had set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. The, 
the, the separation is not really separation, separation to a church or separation to, to a cause or separation to a denomination or a creed. It is separation to the Lord. The very essence of the separation is this is a separation to the Lord Himself. The Holy Spirit, uh, just like what happened to Barnabas and Paul, when, when, God, when, when God told Barnabas and Paul to the work, He said in Acts chapter 13, verse number 2, that the Holy Spirit said unto the church, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, um, for the work whereunto I have called them. But again, these two servants of God, these two men um, being used of God, for the work of the ministry, they were they were setting out on a great missionary journey, and they were there to separate themselves to the work, to the to the task. But before they were separated to the task, first and foremost, they were separated to the Lord. You see, they were not sent to missionary journey, or they were not sent to a certain place and then called by God, but rather right there, right there at the start. God separated them first to Himself. And then after these two men separated by God to Himself, then these men will do the work. It's always the, 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 the order of God's call is always like that. Why? Because God is the owner. God is the one that owns these people. And all of us, when you made when you made your resolve to, to be faithful to God in our church, many of you have been so faithful to our church. When you made that decision to be faithful in the church to God, my friend, you did that because first and foremost, you love God. You, you are not like stumbled into coming to church every Sunday and, and not having that personal resolve that you love God. Lord, I will do this because I love you. Lord, I will, I will, I will serve you, God, because that is all I can do. So you dedicated yourself to the Lord. You presented yourself to the Lord, and then the execution is in the church. The execution is your action. The execution of that devotion. The execution of that um, devotion that you gave to the Lord is here. You know, uh, give it to the people, give it to the church, and even outside the church. It is because, first and foremost, you give yourself first unto the Lord. And the Bible says there, I think in first, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 5. 2 Corinthians 8, 5. And this they did, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. They did all those, you know, faithful things to the pleasure of God in heaven. Things that they have done in the church. And the Lord, you know, accepted that. But they did not do it because they just want to do it. But they did it because they loved the Lord first. They made that resolve in their hearts. And again, not just that... Um, this separation is divine, but also this separation is complete. And this is complete because primarily God wants us 
wants us, not necessarily our gifts, not necessarily our talents, not necessarily what you have in material things or, or talent that you have or money or, or, or service that you, you can give to the Lord. All these things are greatly acceptable to the Lord. And this, these things are a blessing. Uh, the Lord will accept you to bring all your uh, talent, your time, your service to the Lord, and He will accept them. But what really the greatest gift that you can give to God is your self, your own, your life. If the Lord can take hold of your life, that is what God wants. In, in Romans, um, Romans chapter 6, verse number 12, we can see here that God wants, wants us to place ourselves utterly and absolutely at His disposal. He said here, let that sin therefore, verse number 12, reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the last thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Separation is divine. This separation is complete. And this separation is for life. If you look back at the bow by Nazarite bow, there is a limit. Until such time that he is doing the bow, he should follow it. But for us today, Christians, there is no, you know, a certain period. It is from right here and all the way until the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. Our separation is for life. In the case of God's people who are alive today, we are all called by God for a separation. Not for a moment, not for a certain period, but God is calling us to fulfill and finish our earthly work until time is expired, until our life expires. It is God's purpose that the whole of our life upon earth should be lived according to His glory and honor, and that is entirely, not just, oh Lord, uh, after I reach 75, I will retire the pastorate. Oh Lord, when I reach 80, I think I will just sit back and relax, and then I will not do the pastorate. No. There is no retirement in our Christian life. There is no retirement of following God's laws in our hearts. As long as we have our being, as long as we have our life, then we will follow the Lord's leading. In conclusion here, separated lives cannot be hidden. You will be known. There is no secret Christians. There is no such thing as secret Christians. Why? You see the, the bow of Nazarite? What you can observe day after day, week after week, year after year, his hair will keep on growing. He's, he's very, very different from the rest. Then you can tell, wow, that guy is a Nazarite. Because you can see the locks of his hair. That hair of that Nazarite person, that 
hair, that beard will always grow and grow and grow longer. And the more, the longer he stays there, the, the more conspicuous he is. And more and more obvious he is. Everyone would see him and recognize that he has a bow of a Nazarite. I will tell you, my friend, that is true to every Christian. The longer you stay in your Christian life, the longer you stay in our church, the more you will be conspicuous. Oh, this guy is a member of Bible Baptist Church. Look at his Bible. Not in IB. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. Coat and tie. Look at that. Now, it's not because, you know, <laughs> uh, God wants us to do things. Wants us to do it properly. And He wants us, you know, if you are serious with me, then do what I say. God wants us to be serious. And then be serious as if we are dealing with um, we, are, we are dealing with people, we are dealing with souls. As if we are, we are saving these, you know, souls from hell. That is how serious the business of God is. We are saving souls from the lake of fire. This is no joking matter. The souls of men are perishing. And we are the hope of these souls. If, if these souls of men cannot find uh, hope in you as a Christian, who will? And where else can they find that? It's only upon us. It is within us. The work of God is in our hand. We are God's ambassadors. If we will not perform the role of an ambassador, where shall they go? Heaven is very far. But heaven's embassy is here, right here, right now. This is heaven's embassy. Whatever business the people might have for heaven, it's here in the church. We are God's ambassadors. We are God's, you know, workers. If we will not do our work, people will perish. Souls of men will parade into heaven. But my friend, that is why we are serving God, we are called by God, and our God is holy, therefore we are called to this separation. We are called by God to separate ourselves because God is holy. So be ye holy. This power is a prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for reminding us of what we ought to be and what we are supposed to be. Holy. Lord, if we fail you, and I know we did, please, Lord, forgive. Forgive your people. Forgive us, Lord, all our failures and sins. And for some that see, um, Lord, our commitment, I pray, O oh God, that you will just give to them. Allow these people, Lord, to give that, uh, give them another chance. Allow these people to get back into action and to be used by your, um, 
by your hand and to be used, Lord, for the work of the ministry. And help us, Lord, in our work. Because we are not masters in this. We are just following you, Lord, as much as we can. And we do not know much about things in heaven, but from what we can find in the Bible. Lord, we need the Holy Spirit to come to show us all things. Help us, Lord, in our ministry and help these people. As we serve you, Lord, the longer we serve you, Lord, I pray that there will be more joy and gladness in our hearts. That we will grow and will be the more conspicuous and will be the more visible to the people that we are children of the living God. And we are a part of His work. The people will run to this place to seek help, to seek solutions to their eternal problem of their souls. That Lord, I pray that when they come and seek it, we can give them answers and lead them in the right way. Please Lord, just work us and work uh, through these people. Thank you once again for your goodness. Bless all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand and sing the final thing. Street.